This is Paul Jacobs on City Talk 105.9. This government's really getting on my nerves because they knew a long, long time ago what was going to happen as far as the power industry was concerned. And why are they building more nuclear power stations? You know... There are certain radio stations that can't give a view. I've been with this view for about 10, 12 years since I first researched it on another radio station. And it still defies total and utter belief. And all those idiots that keep on saying, oh, those wind turbines, they look really, really horrible. Look out at the Mercy Estuary. Look out. Go on, have a look out. If you're anywhere near the city centre, or you come down to the city centre over the next two or three years, look out. They're fantastic. They're aesthetically pleasing. They're fabulous. And they're clean. Clean energy. Online now here on uh, City Talk 105.9 on Drive Time is Anthony Day, author of Will Climate Change Your Life? Anthony, will it? Oh, I think it does, certainly will, absolutely. And, uh, but of course, energy and energy shortages are going to change our life much more quickly. And this is, this is going to be a massive transformation. It could be a massive change to the human race in the next 40, 50, 60 years or so. But, we, but we've known this for years, Anthony. There's You're no use right. people kidding themselves going, oh, we're not really sure that's why we've changed from nuclear and we thought we'd dabble a little bit in renewables. Oh, let's go back to power stations. We've known for yonks, the cleverest men on God's earth have been forecasting this for ages. What's wrong with us when we see figures like Portugal when over 20% of their power is produced by renewables. What is wrong with us in this country? Well, I think that no politician wants to give bad news. And mm. the longer they've delayed, the worse the news has got. Um, so they come up with ideas like building nuclear power stations and building wind turbines, both of which, I think, are not solutions. What are the solutions? Well, the is, is, there, is there a solution? <laughs> well, I, I certainly agree with Ben, your earlier speaker, that combined heat and power is a really good idea. Right. And not just in industrial developments, but in housing estates. They're even producing combined heat and power units, which will replace your domestic central heating boiler. Oh, really? Have one in your home. Oh, oh right. yes. That, that'll be out in the next couple of years. Yeah. So I think that's a very good way because so much um, energy is wasted uh, in a power station and in transmitting it to our homes. And if we can mm. actually generate the electricity in our homes from the gas supply, that is a really good way of uh, being efficient and making the very best use of scarce resources. Anthony, what's the cost differential to the homeowner there? Compared, um, compared to what we've got nowadays with the, uh, the boilers, etc. Well, it should be um, the, the cost of buying the boiler. Well, the cost initially of, of getting a new kind of uh, power source in. Well, um, it's early days, and it's, it's, uh, the figure's not confirmed yet, but it sh it's one of these things that should pay for itself within 10 years. That's, and that's yeah. fairly quick, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, given that electricity and gas are, are going up, the more you can get out of gas, if you can get electricity out of gas as well as heat, mm. then uh, you, you must be making savings, mustn't you? I'm dumbfounded, Anthony. T tell me, explain to me this, and there's a lot of people out there, the Voice of Liverpool here on City Talk 105.9, I think we'll be asking the same question. Um, will there ever be a time when we can just survive on renewables, solar and wind alone? Uh, almost certainly not. Why? No. Why, why is that? Well, I mean, the Wind Association itself admits that wind power is available only 25% of the time because the rest of the time the wind is not blowing. Right. Um, and really, when you look at all the energy that goes into creating wind farms, particularly offshore wind farms... Uh, and then you offset that against the energy that the wind farm itself produces, the actual surplus is, is relatively small. Yeah. That The only solution, and it's not a nice solution, mm. is for every one of us to use far, far less. But we can start by, by cutting out waste. That's we never going to happen, though, is it? Because we're selfish. Well, 
I think we could we could look at it um, uh, at the, the commercial and the industrial level. I mean, I see sh- um, shops and public buildings with the lights on uh, all night mm. um, and, and things like that. Why do we have street lights on all night when there's nobody around? Why do we have traffic lights on all the time when there's no traffic? There's, there's, there's a tremendous uh, opportunity to make a start at cutting down electricity consumption. And the other thing we could do is put it up, which, of course, put the price up, which, of mm. course, politicians wouldn't do. But we could say to everybody, you have a right to so much electricity. If you use more than that, then you're going to pay a premium rate. At the moment, we say, this is your basic cost. If you mm. use more than that, it's at a cheaper rate. So we'd be, nonsense. Yeah, we'd be very, very careful if we did that. Now, I've got a figure here. Uh, Anthony, from from Latvia, Uh, actually Sweden is is top of the list at the moment, 39.8% in 2005 that energy is renewable. How high can that figure go? You say it can't be 100%. That's out of the question. How high can it go in percentage terms? Well, it depends whether you're talking about transport fuel or whether you're talking about electricity. I suspect the figure you're quoting includes bioethanol. Because, it does, yes. Yeah, which is, which is a fuel for cars mm-hmm. to replace petrol. Um, if Sweden can do that, if Sweden can do that without actually using land, which would otherwise uh, be used for food production, well, good luck to them. But in the world at large, because people have started uh, growing food for bioethanol, it's, it's caused uh, food prices to go up dramatically. Mm. So, you know, we can't afford to eat and to drive big cars. Seems there's always a negative, whichever way we turn, which brings us on to nuclear power, of course. And we've spoken about it on the program. And I have to say, I did a a major program documentary on Chernobyl, which Mm -hmm. frightened me to death. And for me, that was just the thin end of the wedge. And yet we have basically said, yeah, we're going down the nuclear path here. If we had a similar disaster... Uh, it'd be catastrophic on this island, wouldn't it? Well, I'm surprised it frightens you to death. No, because if you've researched Chernobyl, you'll know that uh, around about 50 people died as a result of Chernobyl, and they were mainly the uh, recovery and the rescue workers. But that, that is a no-go area still, though, isn't it? Uh, it is, but people would say that's political, uh, that um, the level of radiation is very, very low now. And, OK, all right, that was a disaster. It's, it was an antiquated design at the time it went wrong. And um, there are so many safeguards, and there would be so many safeguards in any new uh, nuclear power stations that they built now, that another Chernobyl is very unlikely. What about the and waste? What about the waste that there's... That well, that's a problem, obviously. Um, one of the problems, of course, is you put a lot of energy into creating a nuclear power station. Mm. You get energy out, but then you put a lot of energy into actually dealing with the waste. So, um, although I'm, I'm not convinced that, that uh, nuclear is particularly dangerous, mm. I think that if the government builds nuclear power stations, yeah. it's going to take 10 to 15 years, and we're going to have problems with our very elderly generators well before that. And the other thing is that uranium is not inexhaustible. Some people say uranium will run out in 40 years. So, you know, there'll be a limited life for our nuclear power stations. One person actually mentioned to me the other day, Anthony, that as the as climate change kicks in even more down through the next 10, 20, 30 years, and the Earth heats up, becomes warmer day by day, wherever you are, whatever zone you're in on the Earth, that he said to me, well, surely that means that solar power is, is, is a big part of the answer. Well, um... Is that too easy a, a classification or what? Solar power's got the same problem that it doesn't work at night and it doesn't work particularly well when it's cloudy. Mm. Um, It's also very, at this stage, it's very expensive. I mean, I've looked at solar power just on a basic level uh, to heat water. I'm Mm. just doing a lot of work on the house. And I said, right, I'll get some solar panels in to preheat the central heating. And nobody makes them. 
Really? No, not... Nobody makes so them. So you'd have you to get them from abroad? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking about German suppliers and everything. The only solar panels for heating water are for heating tap water. Well, there's only two of us in the house. We don't use much tap water. It's not really <laughs> worth doing. Okay, so, so bottom line, uh, in, in a perfect situation, Anthony, what would be um, your solution to, to our power problems? Well... If money wasn't a problem, let's say money, money wasn't a problem. Well, money probably is a problem, but still. Um, every housing estate, every new development should yep. have combined heat and power, because right. that will make the most efficient use of uh, energy. Uh, we should be looking at not only saving uh, electricity and gas by putting in smart controls into houses, into public buildings and things like that. Oh, and by the way, what about that chain of office suppliers which instructs its staff to leave the door open with a warm air curtain blowing out into the street? You know, that sort of thing should be made illegal. And I'm afraid uh, people are going to hate me when I say this, but as far as 2p on petrol is concerned, I think it should be more than that because it's such a precious resource. We can't afford to use it um, uh, as, as, as we do. Interesting. Well, it'll be interesting to see if we forge ahead with the nuclear program. My thanks to uh, Anthony, Anthony Day, author of Will Climate Change Your Life? And are you, Voice of Liverpool, ready to go nuclear? Mm. It's 6.30 on City Talk 105.9. Here's the news headlines. It's Alex Day.